The reading is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. Jesus presented in the temple. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is the word of the Lord. Morning again. Well, how appropriate that we should <coughs> excuse me <coughs> that we should have this Bible reading on the day that Charlie has been brought by Dan and Danny to be presented to his church so that we can give thanks to God for him and ask God blessing upon him and his lovely family as he grows. I am a bit disappointed though that he didn't come dressed like this, Dan and Danny. Uh, I think that would have, yes, or me dressed like that, I suppose, yeah. That's, that's the flip side. Thank you, Ben, for, 
for that. But it does remind me of one of the jokes that I've told, that I've told you over these five and a bit years. It's one of my favorite, and I think it's appropriate for today. After the dedication of his baby brother in church, a four-year-old boy sobbed all the way home in the back seat of his car. His mum and dad asked him repeatedly what was the matter, but they were just greeted with more sobs and wails. And finally, the boy replied, the preacher said he wanted us to be brought up in a Christian home, but I want to stay with you. I think that's a great insight into parenthood when you're trying to be a Christian. You're only as good as your last mistake. (laughs) That's what I'm reminded of every day. Well, this is the last time I'm going to preach here as vicar. And as a family, we are experiencing, as you can imagine, a a whole range of emotions, sadness, of course, to be leaving behind Christchurch and Baston Hill and many wonderful people. Excitement at the adventure that lies ahead, but also more than a little daunted about moving to a new place and a new home and new school and new jobs. But we trust that just as God called us here, that he's also calling us and leading us on to St. Albans. And as I've been clearing out my study, it's enabled me to reflect again on some of the uh, wonderful things that God has helped us to do together over these last years. Community engagement and mission, getting to know this community of Baston Hill and serving the people, broadening our understanding of what it means to be a church at this time, the flourishing relationship with with our school, which has really gone from strength to strength and has been an absolute delight. And Kate and I were invited on Wednesday. We were uh, given lunch there at school, and then they'd uh, put on all sorts of things for us. We visited each class uh, during the afternoon, and they uh, they sang songs that they'd written for us and gave poems to us and prayers and, and all sorts of other things. It was a really uh, wonderful time we had. They even said that they love my jokes. So I just, I just wanted to put that, put that in there. And the times that we've had as a church where we've been able to simply enjoy each other's company, like those who were able to go to Lee Abbey for a holiday or those wonderful uh, events called The Gathering, seeing thriving expressions of church for all ages throughout the week. Uh, that's been a real joy. And seeing people with no previous links or connection to church, uh, just beginning to explore what faith in Jesus Christ means and, and participating in worship and, and, and seeing that happen has been an absolute joy. And there's been so many people who've engaged in church in that way. And seeing church full for our school services and our Christmas worship, seeing people journeying deeper in faith and ministry, or even exploring that, dipping their toe in the water for the first time, seeing Christchurch loving and caring uh, for one another. And Kate and I have very much appreciated the love and the care and the support that we've received and the laughter we've shared. This is to name just a few things. These five years as a vicar have allowed me to grow and learn and develop in ministry. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. And thank you too for the grace that many of you have shown when the reality hits that no vicar is perfect. 
And so as I move on from this post, I want to leave you with a number of encouragements and challenges. These arise out of today's Bible passages, sorry, Bible passage, which records the presentation of the baby Jesus at the temple and also the purification of his mother Mary, which was something that uh, was the custom because uh, she'd become unclean through childbirth. And I offer these encouragements and challenges to you out of the love I have for you and the care that I have for God's church and my belief in the huge God-given potential that Christ church has. Firstly then, be encouraged to be a hopeful people. Luke tells us that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, for the Messiah to come and comfort his people. Now to herald that day, many believed that an awesome cosmic warrior would come. Others believed that uh, another king in the line of David would come along and reawaken the good old days, days like uh, in years gone by. But in stark contrast, there were a few people who had no dreams of violence, no dreams of a cosmic warrior, no dreams of a, a, of a, a, of a king from yesteryear. Instead, they believed in a quiet revolution. They believed in hopeful watching and waiting until the day that God should come. And for their entire lives, they had waited prayerfully and patiently for God. God had even promised Simeon that with his own eyes, he would see the Savior of the world. Anna, too, watched and she waited for the Messiah. Anna was a widow, we're told, and so she knew great sadness and difficulty for many years. And yet this didn't tarnish her hopefulness. She was not bitter or resentful. In fact, it seems that this only increased her expectation of the coming Savior. And Anna was 84 years old on this great day when this arrived. And she still hoped. Old age may take so many things from us, but it can never, ever rob us of our hope in God. For Christ Church then, be encouraged to be a hopeful people, watching and waiting for God to come and do all that he's promised to in Jesus. Please don't become bitter or resentful or hard-hearted. Please don't let the small, negative minority speak for the majority and rob you of God's best for you as a church or poison your unity. Be encouraged then to speak up and demonstrate what it is to be a hopeful people. The job of vicar can be very tough at times, and sometimes all you hear is negative from a small minority. So please, I encourage you to encourage your new vicar with the positive and the hopeful. Secondly, moving on, having an open mind is a second encouragement. Both Simeon and Anna were open to the coming of an unexpected Messiah. Now, notice that Luke doesn't record the following words from the two of them. They didn't say, this can't be right. What, this, this child is going to be the anointed king or is the anointed king? How is this going to work? This isn't what they said at all, was it? It's quite the opposite. What we see in them is a quiet trust and an open mind. They knew that Jesus was coming to break the mold of expectation. And boy, he didn't disappoint, did he? 
Simeon and Anna, they welcomed the Messiah as a vulnerable child. They were open to God coming in a new, totally unexpected way to save his people in a manner that no one would have thought even faintly possible. And of course, Jesus then went on to grow and continually blow people's minds with his ideas and his expectations and his words and his actions. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law all said, he's not doing things properly. And the people came to resent his challenging message of salvation and justice and servanthood and radical inclusion. So Christchurch, be encouraged. Have an open mind about how God will make his presence known to you. And also about the plans he has for you. Have an open mind about how God wants you to be a church. About your role in church life. About how God wants you to live for Jesus each and every day. Being a Christian is so much more than believing the right thing. It's more than expressing strong opinions and expecting others to bend to them. It's about having a humble openness to the purposes of God in this place at this time. So please, be encouraged to have an open mind about your new vicar too. Love and accept them for who she or he is. Please don't be against them because they don't fit with your expectations of what they should or shouldn't do. Remember, whoever is appointed is called by God to lead his church. So please don't make assumptions about them because of what you think they are doing. They may have very good reasons, even if they're hard to understand or they can't share with you all that's going on or they challenge your preconceptions or they spark temporary conflict. Please hold back from making judgments. Remember that if the vicar or other leaders are blowing your minds, making you feel uncomfortable for good reason, or undermining your expectations, then they're only doing what Jesus did. Be open to challenge and fresh perspectives, even if that makes you uncomfortable, because, and this is really important, God could be at work for good in them in a big way. Thirdly then, a third encouragement, live for Jesus and for others. Both Simeon and Anna lived for the day when Jesus would show up, but they also lived for that day because of all that it meant to the rest of the people. This wasn't self-indulgence. This was selfless, humble work, serving God and his people. Notice Simeon didn't say, my eyes have seen a light for revelation to me. He said a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Anna didn't say, thank you for my redemption she said, thank you for the redemption of Jerusalem. They were actively watching and waiting and praying for all that God would do for all the people. So Christchurch, be encouraged to live for Jesus and for others. Actively look to live for Jesus each and every day. Take responsibility for your own growth as a disciple of Jesus. Don't expect the church or others to do it for you. So love Jesus, listen to him, receive from him, follow him on his adventure. But also, I encourage you to share his love with others, care for others, serve others, 
get to know this community and serve its people. Join in with God's mission in this place or in your own neighborhood. I've already heard back on the grapevine from one or two of you uh, that's been said uh, that we need a new vicar who will come and look after those already in the church. I hope you don't mind me saying that I think that's the last thing you need. I think that attitude is precisely why the church across the country, not just in this place, but across the country, has been struggling with mission for decades. Church is changing, whether we like it or not, thanks to the empowering and the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit. God is calling us, I firmly believe, to be less indulgent as churches, less focused on our own needs and wants, and is sending us in mission to share his love with our communities in order to grow his church. Church will look very differently in the future, and this will require much less selfishness and consumerism from the members of the churches. I truly believe, and I'm praying each and every day, that in the future the Holy Spirit will encourage each of us in this place and in churches across our land to be actively involved in weekly worship, yes, but not just worship that serves ourselves, also projects, worship, fresh expressions of church that enable others to grow in faith, enable others to experience the love of God at work in their lives too, and enable others to follow Jesus. So if that was the third encouragement, then a fourth is this. You are the church. You are the church. So take responsibility for the ministry of the church. Simeon and Anna didn't leave this important watching and waiting role to someone else. We also noted their selflessness and their humility as they waited for the coming Messiah and the difference that would make to others. And through many quiet, barren years, they kept faith in God, kept on hoping, kept on believing. They owned the responsibility that God had given them, and they did so on behalf of everybody. So be encouraged to take responsibility for the life of this church. And during the interregnum that's going to come from the end of this week, as you put together your important parish profile and you give your input, which is very important, I don't think the question should be this one. What would you like your new vicar to do? Like a customer giving their feedback to the store management. I think the question should be this. What do you need the vicar to help you to do? It's a very different question. The first expects nothing from the church member and everything from the vicar. The second expects much from both. Remember, you are the church. You're not simply here to help the vicar fulfill his or her duties or all other professional ministers as if they can't manage them on their own. The vicar is here to help and enable and encourage and challenge you and equip you to be followers of Jesus and God's mission in this place. So much, so much fantastic work and service and care is given by so many people in Christchurch and beyond. So keep on keeping on. Keep on hoping, keep on trusting, keep on following God into all his purposes. So then, a fifth and final encouragement. Be filled with wisdom and the grace of God. 
Luke tells us that following this tradition that was uh, worked out in this way for Jesus in the temple, Jesus then went on to grow and become strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And so I think it's time that we all looked to grow further and become stronger in mission and discipleship. I think we can miss out on so much of God's adventure if we choose constantly to stay within the comfortable. We miss out on so much if we remain as customers expecting others to meet our needs. We miss out if we don't grow up into mission and share our faith and grow disciples. We miss out if we don't grow in having our hearts and minds opened to the loving, life-changing purposes of God. We miss out if we don't grow in service and have a heart for justice like Jesus. We miss out if we allow expectations of the church or others to make us grumblers. We miss out if we don't grow in sharing the grace and forgiveness of God. And if we're honest, then we're all uh, able to see ourselves in those marks. We can see how we all miss out in some of those ways. And so be encouraged to allow God to fill you with all wisdom and his grace. It can only help you to grow and become strong. So to finish, Christchurch is a wonderful church, so well-placed to share God's love with this community. And that's why I've given the encouragements that I have this morning. You're so, so full of potential to be able to enable yourselves and others to go deeper as disciples of Jesus. I look forward to hearing all that God does in and through you over the coming years. And be assured that Kate and I love you and will be thinking of you and praying for you, especially over the coming months during the interregnum, a time of uncertainty, but also will be thinking of you and praying for you in the years ahead. Amen. Amen.